are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 103.7 The Buzz. Dot com. We have a special guest today as we are just 12 days away from Razorback football getting started up. And we know that there's always things going on when it comes to fall camp, scrimmages, all the important stuff. And the guy that does a great job covering it is Jacob Seuss, who is of Channel 5 up in Northwest Arkansas, head of the sports department. Jacob, appreciate you joining us, man. How's everything going? I can't wait. 12 more days. I am counting down the days. We're at the point where, you know, Full training camp starts and it's a lot of fun. You're all excited. Now we're at the point at camp. It's like, all right, let's go. Let's get these 12 days over with uh, and get Rice in the building. That September 4th can't get here soon enough. Yeah, well, it's funny. I agree with you for one. And two, it's getting to the point where, at least on my radio show, and I'm sure it's kind of the same way with you guys, it's like you may have a couple updates here and there from Coach Pittman or like one of the coaches. They may say like, oh, well, uh, you know, Rocket Sanders is the number two running back and stuff. So like some stuff you could use, but at the same time, it kind of gets gets to the point where like, all right, well, I think I think we got the gist of everything going on. Now we actually need to see some live action of stuff instead of just constantly having to make up content and whatnot to be able to please everybody. Yeah, I mean, there's only so many narratives you can run through. I kind of feel like it's it's Super Bowl week when you're you've interviewed Tom Brady for the eighth time, and it's like, what what can you ask him? I have no more questions. Sam Pittman, I feel the same thing. He sits at the podium. I, I don't know what to ask him. There's there's only so much we could go through. His updates are great, but you know, you're also at the at the point of camp where you kind of have to take your your excitement down a notch because everyone looks good. Everyone's in their best shape of their life. Arkansas is going to win every game and that's every team right now that's every narrative surrounding training camp so it's time to get to the real thing and actually see who's going to do what instead of me trying to predict it yeah I've been trying to just kind of come up with some things of like all right well maybe I can stir the pot a little bit with this with this type of thing like <laughs> yes, really get of course, of course that's you're going to stir the pot I'm yeah shocked. yeah I know who, who would have guessed but it's like uh because at this point like coaches have done this since the beginning of time and we know that this is going into the second year of Sam Pittman and we try to you know ask him questions and be able to get an idea of where he's at but it's almost like really tough not to be extremely optimistic about this team not just because it's like oh well it's here football season's here it gets you excited but I've always so felt the same way where just hearing the stuff that not only Sam Pittman's been saying but Barry Odom's been saying, Kendall Bryles has been saying, some of the players have been saying, you know, the comments from Grant Morgan talking about how close this team has gotten. It's like you want to knock on wood, but it's everything from fall camp so far this fall has been extremely positive, has seemed to be very optimistic. Uh, the coaches have praised the players more so than they've criticized them. And again, they got to go and translate it on the field, but it's hard not to be optimistic for Arkansas when you're starting to hear from all the coaches and players just how good things are going right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to pinpoint anything that's not going great. I mean, last year, the wins that they put up when you talked about pretty much an entire new coaching staff that didn't have much time with them due to you know COVID and all that whatnot, 
But now you have a bunch of second year coaches. And yes, it's important to have a year under Pittman. But I think it's even more important to have a year under Bryles and Odom. You look at what Odom did at Missouri as a defensive coordinator, his second and third year compared to what he did in the first year. And the defense was great last year in the first half. They won that two and two start was large in part because of the defense. So now if they can play like that the entire season and the same thing for the offense under Bryles. The one bad thing, and it's been hard to pinpoint anything bad so far, but they're a little banged up. And even though some of those guys are practicing today and coming back, you want to make sure those don't become nagging injuries. You want to make sure Burke's shoulder isn't bothering him week two, week three, almost to the point where you want to sit those guys down and really not give them a full workload until rice. I mean, if you don't have Burke Smith Stromberg, if those guys aren't hundred percent week one, that's going to be a problem and it's going to keep going throughout the season. So the only thing I'm looking for, for this team from now until September 4th, they need to get hundred percent healthy. And I think that it's also part of just football in general at this point in time too, because I feel like there's a lot of guys and a lot of teams that go through injuries and whatnot, but it's just a matter of making sure that they're not too serious of injuries to where it ends up being costly to you and your team. Because I felt like, you know, seeing guys in walking boots or, you know, non-contact green jerseys and whatnot, just kind of par for the course. It's just a matter of, you know, as horrible as this is to say, it's like everyone's going to be hurt. It's just whoever's hurt less and who's ever going to be in a better position to actually play and be effective in their play. Because to think that, you know, you could head into fall through fall camp and head into the opening week of the season with no injuries or nobody banged up. I think it's just at this point in time, at least in this age of college football, it's pretty much uh, impossible to ask for anybody. Yeah, 100 percent. And, you know, they just have to to go about, you know, not hurting each other. But to your point, yeah, this is the first time they're really full pads and tackling each other since what, you know, maybe early in the spring. So, yeah, so you're going to have guys that are hurt. You're going to have guys that that are a little banged up, but uh, just want to make sure sure you're ready for week one. I know Sam Pittman said a lot of those guys, a lot of those skilled players wouldn't have played this past Saturday if it were Rice. They didn't play in the scrimmage. So as long as you're ready week one and those guys feel good, that's all that matters. We'll continue our discussion with Jacob here in just a second. First, I got to tell you about Sweat Block and how it's doctor created, doctor recommended, and works up to up to seven days per use with that dry shirt guarantee. That's really what it's all about. I mean, none of us like to sweat. It's during that time of year, especially August here in the state of Arkansas. If you're listening elsewhere, I'm sure it's probably pretty warm there as well. You sweat through the shirt when you're out and about, and it's pretty embarrassing. But luckily for you, Sweat Block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime. You go to bed. The next morning when you wake up, you wash, and you go about your day without having to worry about any sweat. And that is a guarantee. I know this sounds too good to be true. But I only have to use it once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the whole time. No more pitting out. No more picking my shirts based on what which one I'm going to wear to hide all the sweat. Sweat Block has you covered. If you if you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweat Block. Give it a try today for 20% off at sweatblock.com using promo code Locked On or at Amazon and CVS. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Continue our conversation with Jacob Seuss of Five News, the sports director up there in Northwest Arkansas. You know, we were talking about some of the stuff that was going on with fall camp at this point in time, but looking at uh, another perspective of it is just a matter of, you know, the expectations that get driven from that. And 
you know, we like we haven't been able to see a whole lot, but you've been able to film some practices, some scrimmaging, some stretching. I'm sure it was probably part of it, too. But like as far as anything that you've actually been able to personally see, what has been some of the things that have really stood out to you the most? So, yeah, so we get a solid uh, 15 minutes out of the couple hours. But so there are there are two guys who I've particularly noticed who I think are a little bit under the radar who are going to play a big impact this year. KJ Jefferson is the starting quarterback. That's not going to change. I think Malik Hornsby is going to play a big factor on this team this year. He looks good. He plays a different style than KJ Jefferson does. You can bring him in for different packages. And like I said, Jefferson's the starter, but it seems like in training camp, Hornsby is giving him a run for his money. He's making good throws. He's really good running the ball, and I think he just brings a different mentality of the offense than Jefferson does, and you can find a way to use both of them successfully. Another guy on that offense who I really like is the Florida State transfer, Davion Warren. Obviously, all of the attention is going to be on Traylon Burks, and that's a good thing for Warren. He's quick off the line. He's physical, and this is going to be his first taste of SEC football, and I think he's going to make a big impact as that two guy for Arkansas. Yeah, and I think that it's been interesting to, at least from hearing from reports and, and being able to read up on it too, you know, there's there's guys that you know are going to be like automatic. Like, you know, Traylon Burks is going to be great. You know that uh, Jalen Catalan is going to be great. You know, you know, you just know that they're once they step on the field, they're going to be great. But then you have guys that I think have been pretty fascinating, and we kind of mentioned it a little bit in the opening, but uh, a guy like Rocket Sanders, Raheem Sanders, who – uh, a lot of people had expectations coming in. He was a four-star out of high school. And you've heard people talk about it, especially in the spring with uh, Coach Sam Pittman. But it's one thing to hear about it, but then it's another thing to see it. But then it's a whole other thing when you're able to, as Coach Pittman said, he's our number two guy. And I think that that adds confidence and should add some sort of you know belief that it's not necessarily just, well, we're going to work people out and see where they're at. Like When you come out and you say, that's our number two guy – it shows how like strong it is, like and how how good it is. So it's like it's just a matter of you know looking at from from the perspective, I guess, of a guy like Rocket Sanders. When you look at him and when you see him, you hear about it. But for Sam Pittman, it seems like he's obviously speaking well enough about it to be confident that he's the number two guy behind Traylon Smith. And that's going to be Arkansas's biggest biggest strength when you get to SEC play. They don't have the most skilled players in the SEC. We know that. But they're at the top of the list when you're talking about depth. A guy like Rocket Sanders, to have him as your number two option is incredible. You look at the defensive line, added Trey Williams, Markel Etsy, stacked those guys from Missouri. You look at the offensive line. You have all those guys from last year, the returning starters, and guys that are just taking a step up. The wide receiver core added. Like you talked about, the quarterback room has a couple guys that can step in. And every coach has mentioned that. They feel confident putting those two guys in, putting those three guys in, and feeling that they'll be just as successful as the ones. And that's going to be huge. You know, any football season, when you get down to that third quarter of the game, third quarter of the season, guys are tired, guys are hurt, this, that, COVID this year, possibly. To have the depth in in the SEC is going to be a tremendous advantage for Arkansas, and I think it's going to help them win a lot of games. Yeah, I mean, I think that it, having an established running a game is so important. And I guess what, what really impresses me about or just from Rocket Sanders is I hear he's a burner, but he's like a big guy too. It's not like he's just uh, you know out there being five foot nine, you know, one hundred ninety pounds. Like he's he's a big dude. He's like two hundred and thirty pounds. 
And that's something that I feel like Arkansas has always had really good at in their history, even in their bad years. They always had solid running backs. And it's just a matter of I'm excited to see what the offense is in Kendall Browse under year two because last year, besides, I mean, Felipe Franks was fine. and But most of the players they had were just guys that they had to, you know, just the cards they were dealt with. It was just the Chad Morris players. But now you're starting to see, okay, they got some running backs that they want. They got some wide receivers they want. They got the offensive line getting to where they want. And they have a quarterback in KJ that they obviously feel good about what he's doing too. So I'm going to be fascinated to see if it's a more of a, like how much are they going to rely on the rushing attack? Is it going to be more of a run-driven type of offense? Or is it going to rely on the passing game because of the threats there as well? Everyone wants to be balanced, and I think that that's fine. But it's almost impossible to be as balanced as what you want to be, especially if there's one side of the game that's being a lot better and being a lot more successful than the others, too. Yeah, I think Rocket Sanders is going to be to Traylon Smith what Smith was to Rakeem Boyd, where Boyd can have those games where he's not on his best or where he's hurt, and Sanders is going to step in and he's he's just as capable. And I think the run game is going to be tremendous this year for two reasons: because you have two skilled backs, obviously, which is a uh, which is huge coming into the season. But you have such a good offensive line, such an experienced offensive line that you should feel a hundred percent comfortable running the ball. Why not? These guys are going to get the job done. I think what you're going to see from Arkansas is they don't need to do the big play. They don't need to do the flashy play. They're going to be able to execute the small plays, drives them right down the field, and that's going to be good enough. And it's going to start with that offensive line, getting the job done and giving you that ability to run for five, six yards, to throw for 10, 12 yards. You don't need to do the big play. You just need to be able to do the little things right. And you're, you're going to be able to do that because of the experience that the offensive line brings to the table. We're going to continue our conversation with Jacob here in just a second. First, I got to tell you about how it's that time of year again, and all eyes are turning to football as teams are back to the gridiron to start football season. And as always, betonline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at bet online. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo where you can make it, make a bet on Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion bucks and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose your rate, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and be sure to use the promo code NFL 100. So from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of the great offers for the 2021 season at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, we're speaking with Jacob Seuss of Channel 5, the sports director up there in northwest Arkansas. Now it becomes what's next here in the next 12 days. It's kind of, uh, you know, kind of maybe redundant and maybe the same stuff that we have been seeing. But as far as things that you think we can find out or things that you want to find out before the football season actually starts, is there anything that you're hoping that we hear about uh, right before leading up into the first game of the season? I think what's going to be really interesting for this team is special teams, uh, specifically the kicking game. That it was an issue last year. It, it it cost them some some big points. And Pittman said on Saturday it wasn't really good again during the scrimmage. You know that's it's not something we saw because it was close to 
to fans in the media, but there is still a kicking battle going on. And obviously kickers, punters, placeholders, they're not all big names. They're not all the skilled players that you, you know, you know about, but at the end of the day, you have to make your extra points. You have to make your short field goals. And I want to see that improve. I want to hear from Pittman that that's improved leading up to week one, because if they're sacrificing, you know, two, three points a game on extra points, it's going to come back to bite them again. And like I said, it was an issue last year. So I think that's, that was the one thing that really stood out when we were talking to Pittman as a downside of this team. It was really something he said they need to work on. There hasn't been too many things where he's gotten in front of the media and said, this was an issue today. We need to go work on that, that this has to get better before week one, but special teams is something that he specifically pointed out. So I'd like at least to feel a little bit confident about the special teams going into week one. Uh, so hopefully they can show that up in the next 12 days. I think that's going to be important. Yeah. Is it simply depth though? Cause that's my thing is like special teams was so bad last year. And we heard about how you know depth was a problem. We heard this from Scott Fountain saying that, you know, there were days where he, they had it all set in stone of who was going to be doing what, but then on Thursday they find out that, you know, eight players are going to be unavailable to COVID. Uh, I, I'm not trying to say that it was an excuse or reason, but was that really the main problem with the special teams last year? Simply, they just didn't have the depth in the players to be able to put it all together each game. I'm not going to say it was the main problem. It was definitely part of the problem. It's hard when you put a game plan together week by week and you get to Thursday and you find out, you know, four or five guys in that plan are, are gone. But Scott Fountain said good things about this special teams unit in his preseason thing. But that's, again, we're at the point of the year. Every coach, every coordinator is going to say good things about his unit. And I'll believe him that, you know, it was COVID and the whole planning was part of the problem. But now make me believe you. Get on the field week one, week two against Texas and perform well with your special teams. They're going to beat Rice week one, but I don't think they're going to beat Rice as badly as people think they are. Rice is a respectable program. You're going to want to go out there and make your extra points, make your field goals, so it doesn't become a thing week one that Rice is still in this game in the third and the fourth quarter, and you're getting worried. Go out and do what you need to do in the first half, and special teams is going to be a big part of that, on, especially on the return game, both sides of the ball. So since we probably won't have a chance to talk with you before the season actually starts, I mean, how do you predict this to go? Because I know that it's still far out and things could change here in the next 12 days as far as, you know, hopefully nothing like major as far as an injury goes. But as far as just knowing the schedule, knowing what the team looks like, knowing what you've seen, knowing how it's all going to go down. I mean, what are you thinking this year? How's it going to look for Arkansas? Yeah, and I think I think I'm thinking what a lot of people are thinking that, you know, it could go a bunch of ways. If they want to make it to a bowl, they have to start the year 2-0. Like I said, they're going to beat Rice week one. Texas, in my opinion, is extremely overrated. Razorback Stadium is going to be rocking that night, and I think they're going to beat Texas, and they're going to be 2-0 to start the year. Then you get into SEC play. You're not going to beat Alabama. You're not going to beat Georgia. The rest of the SEC games, they can absolutely win, and I'm talking number six A&M in Dallas. They can absolutely win that game. It's just about if they do. When it gets down late in the fourth quarter and they're down by three, when they're up by three, you have to find a way to finish those games, and if they do, they're going to beat Old Miss. They're going to beat Mississippi state they're going to beat those teams that they're better than and going into the season i think they're better than those teams i have them at seven wins a respectable seven and five going to their their second straight bowl game under sam Pittman. i have high expectations for this team i wouldn't be surprised for with a with an eight and four season see i'm kind of with you too because you know i've uh it may have been more tongue-in-cheek but i had arkansas going finishing third in the sec west 
And the only reason I really did that is because I'm looking at the best case scenario. And I kind of agree with you where it's like, you know, they're not going to be Georgia and Alabama. Let's just be honest. Like they would need nope. the, yeah, like nobody probably is like, they would need like the best game they've ever played for Eve then the other teams to play terrible for that to even happen. And the A&M one is, is intriguing because there is something about playing down in Jerry world where that game's always close. So maybe this would be the time that Arkansas could finally take it. And the Texas thing, I agree. They're kind of overrated. So Arkansas could win that game. I wouldn't be surprised. They won. Wouldn't be surprised if they lost because we don't really know what we're going to see from Texas, but you're talking about the other five SEC games with Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Auburn, Missouri, and LSU. None of those teams I look at and say for sure are better than Arkansas right now. Like They're not 5-0 and against those teams, but they have every single potential to. Right, and, and that's essentially it. It's like if everything went according to plan and they, the ball bounced exactly their way, there's no reason to believe that they couldn't beat all five of those teams. Now, can they go 3-2? and two? I think that's fair, uh, fair to look at. Make it, they go 4-1, and one, of course. But it, it's just a matter of I don't see all five of those teams or any of those teams being much better than Arkansas or for sure better than Arkansas. So potentially best case scenario for this team, I think nine and three would probably be the ceiling. Uh, obviously, anything that would be a miraculous. But I also feel like no matter what, they're still going to go to a bowl game regardless. That's how I think about it. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, they turned a lot of heads last year, but not enough that teams aren't going to underrate them. I think especially early in the year, a lot of the SEC teams are going to underrate them, and Arkansas is going to do exactly what they did last year. They're going to be the talk of the SEC in those first couple conference games saying, oh, boy, this team is actually good. This team's actually going to compete. Well, Jacob, man, we appreciate you joining us. It's always good to catch up with you, especially as we get closer to football season. And I know that uh, during the season, we'll be for sure catching up with you as well. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see you at uh, Razorback Stadium. It's going to be a fun year. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 